dude speaking um, of the- alex's hernandez do you know what his nickname is <laughs> i don't tell me the great ape oh that's right it is <laughs> i like it now i'm not a fan of any nicknames that include ape or gorilla why i don't know makes me uncomfortable i am also uncomfortable by it but it, i feel like we're uncomfortable for different reasons okay I feel like it's disrespectful to the ape, and here's why. <laughs> Meaning the actual ape. Yes. Of the species. great apes, and I love great apes, we are talking about, of course, um, the gorilla, right? Mm-hmm. The silverback. We are talking about the chimpanzee. Chimp strong. We are talking about the bonobo, and my favorite... The orangutan. The orangutan. (laughs) Which, as you both know, loosely translates to person of the forest. Just think about that. Yes. I think we've talked about it on the show. That's right. Many, many episodes ago. (laughs) What I would like to see, and I would buy the pay-per-view, is Alex Hernandez in a cage with any of those four animals. (laughs) That's fair. I would very much like to see a chimp pull his arms off. You're signing up for the purge (laughs) by saying things like that. You're like, you know what I want? One day where I can just murder whoever I want. Where's that movie? Where's like the purge where like the zookeeper loses his shit and lets all the animals out to kill everyone? I would love to see the beautiful, majestic orangutan. orangutan. You could call it the furge. The furge. Just take apart. If you'd like to donate Someone to our, like our production of The Furge, go to the pretty neat podcast. Yeah, let's we're gonna take this highly, highly <laughs> endangered animal and make them fight in a cage for our enjoyment. That's <laughs> I can think of nothing better to do with money. <laughs> it's time for the pretty neat podcast. Happy belated birthday, Dominic. Thank you. Oh, don't sound too enthused. Happy belated <laughs> birthday, you old fuck. In the, in the words of my grandma, <clears throat> you're never excited when a new birthday comes, but it's better than the alternative. Hey. Like, mm-hmm. Words you know of what? wisdom. You are correct. <laughs> I like how uh, congrats, you're having a baby. Yep congrats it's your birthday yes and like both responses is just thank you <laughs> yeah i'm not the most uh you know what it is i Welcome i don't like video <laughs> i don't like attention is really what it is that's true you you really haven't for as long as i've known you no i i don't like attention you Which, you you appreciate the occasional accolade but it has to be merited that that yeah and that is accurate yeah i'll give you that you liked getting cheers when we facilitated for like a hundred people from time, to time i I wish you didn't know that about me but it is true yeah you you have oh. greatness within you and when those cheers erupt for you yeah on you, occasion yeah on a, you know it's i i want it to be warranted yeah totally understandable yeah. earned like like with ryan's promotion yes <laughs> 
It's been a, a couple weeks of good shows, of good news, rather. Yeah. I feel like, Ryan, because uh, you start the first of the year, you're not going to, or next year, you're not going to be, like, bogged down. You're not going to leave the Pretty Neat podcast. You'd be too important. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Okay. Okay, in good. In fact, I've been, um, I've been doing a dry run of said new role. I've been working from home the last two days because someone in my household just got down with the sickness. Oh, geez. <clears throat> did, and did she open up her heart and let it flow into you? No, we're not going to do that. Is that, is that the other part of the lyric? No, disturbed. Yeah, I was going to say that's not disturbed? corn. Even I know yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's totally I have, disturbed. I have relegated myself to this room and the living room while she has been isolating in the primary bedroom. And I have been testing negative daily. How is how is she feeling? Uh, today, she seems a little bit better. Yesterday, I was worried. <laughs> to say the least, I was, I was concerned. Um, but today seems to be past the worst of it that's good yeah yeah, yeah and, and it's most likely that we picked this uh most magical string up at the most magical place on earth last week <laughs> uh eating indoors with yeah. many people that you don't know yeah what are you gonna do how was disneyland other than that because you weren't sick at disneyland it was fucking awesome like on a wednesday I used to be uh, fucking anti going to Disneyland during the holidays because it was just it was, too busy. It That's... was not busy at all. We what? literally went on Guardians and waited less than 30 minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. You can bad. lightning lane that thing and wait 30 minutes like I did yesterday. <sighs> you speak so much truth because we did do a lightning lane later that in that day and waited an equal amount of time. It's because it loads and unloads so slow. Well, I think there was somebody that may have had some type of accident in one of the lifts. Ah. So they were redirecting people the second time. And I'm like, that'll do it. Are we are we getting on the the puke lift? Is this the my puke lift? my favorite thing is listening to people in line talk about how many lifts they have operating as if they have any fucking clue. <laughs> it's like you don't you don't know. <laughs> Shut up. You don't know how many they have and you don't you might be able to tell how many they have, but you don't know how many they're running. Shut the fuck up. Um just for that's that's just me. yeah just shut the guys fuck know. up yeah shut the fuck up um i was there yesterday and for the first half of the day there was nobody there because of what was about an hour of rain from like 8 to eight fifty, and uh we were pretty much through disneyland with my wife's entire family so nine people by like 1 30 hell yeah yeah i got a little dose of sanctum of truth today from a college professor oh hell yeah who uh <laughs> And I quote, granted, she tried to say it with like a joking tone, but we don't know each other at all, much less well enough to joke about something like this. And she goes, and I quote, so it's generally speaking, there's multiple forms that have to be submitted to the state of California for the program I'm working on. And um, for there's it's one, two and four and form three is like a different review form. Uh, two has been the one I'm struggling with. And she, uh, 
I was talking to her on the phone, excuse me. And, uh, she, she, I was like, well, I kind of followed the same methodology I did for one and four and those both passed. And there's actually two professors for this particular course. And she goes, well, I didn't grade those. I'm not sure if I agree. Let me look. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. And, and keep in mind, this is eight. And, and I am not, this is not hyperbole. These are real numbers. What I'm about to give you, this has been seven and a half weeks, almost eight of anywhere between three and as many as six hours of work, three to four nights, if not five nights a week. So simply redoing one is, is a massive undertaking. And uh, she, and so she's like, well, I'm going to look at one in four. And I'm like, please don't. Cause the other professor said they pass and I will, I will just roll with that. <laughs> she looks at him and she goes, okay, no, one in four are good. It's two that sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? If this was like a teacher prep program and you saw me tell a student that their work sucked, I bet I would fail. So why are you allowed to say it to me? And I'm going, and I, my feelings don't get hurt very often. And guys, that was rough. <laughs> that was rough. Bruising. Uh, that's a bummer. I don't even really want it to be known that I have feelings. <clears throat> so. Well, I can, well, maybe I'll electively edit that out for you. No, it's fine. You can leave it in. Because I will use that story with students of my own at some point when they're struggling. And I'll say, look, I had a college professor tell me my work sucked and I still did it. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. That's why I'm still here with you and not in a nice uh, office somewhere. Because I was thinking about this with Ryan's job, and this is not how any future employment I have will be. But it does seem like in some jobs, the higher up you get, the less work you actually do. Ryan, is that going to be your experience, do you think? I uh I don't think so. <laughs> okay, that's a I I don't think so. I, I I was speaking to somebody who works for me currently about the prospect of him taking my current role, and he's like, "Well, you're in, like in meetings all day, and you know I don't know if I want to do that." <laughs> uh, I'm okay, fair enough. I said, but you know I, I think everybody's trying to move in the same direction in, in getting a better opportunity, unless you're going to go to another company. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just, it seems like people are way more fearful of what they don't understand or what they don't know fully. Yeah. So mm-hmm. trying to talk him down a little bit said, yeah, yeah, I'm in meetings, but it's not what I do all day. Right. Yeah. I also talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I I found uh, my while I was in the corporate world that there's a fuck ton of meetings. That's 100% true. And those meetings are about everything you're doing outside of the meetings, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's really the only difference is they're they're going to kind of your is I mean, I had I had my work, right? But they understand that a big part of my work is communicating what it might be to a bunch of other people. So, yeah, I might actually be doing less work time because I have 25 hours of meetings during the week. But that other, you know, 15 is accumulating whatever information I need, you know, 
and that's work. <laughs> so yeah, you do have a lot of meetings. You're going to have a lot of that, but Hey, that's fucking work. Meetings are work. <laughs> Talking about some way they pay you <laughs> dealing with the people there. That's the work. Uh, Sometimes that is so true. Yeah, it's so true. But I'm happy that I get to work with you guys once a week because the Pretty Neat Podcast is where we talk about UFC and other pretty neat stuff, which is my favorite thing to do, really. <laughs> so this show is fucking perfect. Was, was the UFC pretty neat this week? It was, it was, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it defines neat. I was going to say, if the definition of neat was like, is the UFC occupying way too much space in my brain and frustration yeah, now? I can't say that the technical Yeah, is it is. <laughs> uh, Sorry. So, what did you say that again? I am I'm trying and struggling to get the Laker game on this TV in here, and it's... <laughs> Because, you know, I hate myself, so I got to watch him lose to the Celtics tonight, probably. But Ooh, yeah, that's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just. <clears throat> there we go. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm on a. <laughs> Where's the appropriate sound effect for this? I'm on an appropriate amount of muscle relaxers. Do you guys like John Mayer? That was no. Not. <laughs> no, not particularly. Okay. This one time he was running through the halls of my high school, screaming at the top of his lungs. I punched him in the mouth. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how many of those words are true. That feels yeah, like, like you're... You, John Mayer was running through the halls of your high school? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wasn't that a John Mayer song? I was going to say, it feels like you're using lyrics of his. I want to run through the halls of my high school. I want to scream at the top of my lungs. Uh, that's hilarious. Nearly record-setting card. Every single fight's a finish up until the co-main and the main. Crazy. Yeah, but wouldn't you fucking trade a few decisions for the main and the co-main to actually be compelling? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. A, compelling, and B, not fucking confounding at the end. <sighs> Infuriating like, is more like it. Okay, Both so... Them. No, I will I will be transparent. I did not watch them. Um, it's, it's probably... It's one of the, like, maybe three cards in general i've missed this year mm -hmm. so is the consensus and and feel free this is not sanctum of truth time is the consensus that ankalai have won and patty lost and they got yes. both of those wrong yes okay judging was terrible mm -hmm. and inconsistent well, and not only inconsistent but there's an even even deeper side of it with doug crosby the the judge in the uh patty pimblet fight if i recall correctly yeah he, uh, he was also a judge at the bellator card bellator card the yeah. night before and it the, and that card with sabatello and stotts another main event five rounds he gave 
50-45 to Sabatello. He lost the decision. The other two judges gave the fight to Stotts, and Stotts was the clear winner, 3-2. to two. It's the first time in Bellator history that somebody has had all rounds on one judge's scorecards as the winner, but they lost the fight. <laughs> and, like, this is the Wait, same judge. So, say that again? So the judge in the Patty Pimlet fight. This no, I get that same, part. What is the first time in Bellator that's happened? That a single judge scored a unanimous, uh, scored all the rounds in the fight for the loser. Based on the two unanimous cards that the other two judges had? Correct. Correct. Got it. Okay. Which, and theirs weren't even unanimous, but it was enough to, it, like, mm. give the other fighter the win. But okay. that same judge came over and fucked everything up in the UFC the next day. <laughs> Where was the Bellator card? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Mohegan Sun, so that's what? Yeah. Connecticut? Yeah. The aforementioned Connecticut? So he yeah. got on a plane... And red-eyed his way to Vegas? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. But he's... uh, But And then with uh, the Pimblet fight... Sorry, I'm bringing up Bellator here to see if I can see the scorecards. Bam, bam, bam. But Ryan, how did you score the Patty Pimblet-Jared Gordon fight? Two rounds to one for Jared Gordon. Which rounds? The first round and the second round. Yeah. Mm. That's exactly what I... I and the, here's the thing. I had it three rounds to zero for Jared Gordon with maybe the second round going to Patty, maybe. And even that I didn't even think was justified. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it. the fight sucked. And, and Patty saying calling for fight of the night is fucking atrocious. Yeah, his whole presentation, like his fad, the whole thing like collapsed around him, didn't evolve. Like you questionably beat an unranked guy. You're not a prospect anymore, obviously. You're just here to draw money. But well, if you're going to be. He's just a big star, is what he is. Yeah. And he's now, a big personality. Yeah. Well, he's huge in the UK, though. With Barstool and them, he's a no. The Barstool stuff is here. He's just a, he was selling out arenas over there even before he was in the UFC. I'm I'm looking at the advanced stats. I'm really having trouble seeing how any of this supports Patty winning. And and here's the other thing too. And this is maybe more in the sanctum of truth. Is I'm like 99 sure that the stats they were showing live were drastically different than the ones they put at the end mm. like there was the a, doors opening there was a point <laughs> at there was a, is that some light peeking out i see <laughs> yeah oh the first round there was a point that i'm pretty sure was the end of the round at which um gordon had landed 32 strikes or 32 significant strikes to patty's 14 and i was like okay i'm not crazy gordon annihilated him this round and later on i saw like an end of the fight statistic with all of the rounds broken down and they had it like 32 to like 28 like it was close but there was nothing close about it 
and, and frankly, it comes down to Jared Gordon blocked like everything that Patty was throwing. So the UFC set on, yeah. or sorry, ESPN rather on their stats say that Patty landed three less strikes in total, but threw 51 more. They say he landed five more significant strikes, 63 to 58, but threw 54 more. Um, threw double the amount of headshots, but only landed three. And that's a 122 to 60 difference. That is significant. Body work, Patty, 13 of 16. Gordon, 14 of 27. Legs, Patty was 17 of 17. Gordon was 14 of 14. Control time, Patty, 35 seconds. Gordon, 6 minutes and 28 seconds. Three of six on takedowns for Gordon. Not surprising, he's a Danaher, the death squad guy. And uh, Patty Pimblett, 0 for 3. That That is tough. I don't, I don't know where... It's I, so I don't, hard. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And like, even, well, the, I do get it. I do get it. Yeah. Hey, the UFC hey. got their way. Just calling it like I see it. <laughs> so that happened. And Dom, uh, I mean, you can watch highlights of this fight and you can tell he was getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. But then like Ryan was pointing out afterwards for him to be like, Hey, fight of the night. I knew I won the first two rounds, so I coasted the last round. Like, fuck the audience. And he said, like, everyone could suck his asshole, like, if they didn't agree with the scores. Well, I'm a fan of that. Like, you're not winning fans. (laughs) You can suck my (laughs) asshole. Yeah. Like, (laughs) so this is not the same thing as O'Malley beating Piotr Jan. That was a defensible decision. However, you felt about it, that was defensible really in either direction you can make the case for Jan. you can make the case for o'malley mm-hmm. this one i just i don't know this is tough uh, even patty saying it was about damage like but well, show me the stats there are J- the damage jared, stats don't favor him yeah and jared wasn't that damaged like it just wasn't there and patty was being pinned up against the fence he got taken down from time to time at least at least three times three times it's on the screen three times in the fight and like patty attempted a submission once which jared gordon literally reversed and got on top and ended the round on top (laughs) like like even the one time patty was a threat it was flipped on him so i'm like i don't I just, I don't see the victory. I don't, I can't, I've rewatched it. I watched the fight again and it was the same, but maybe I was biased. I don't know. What about that being said, the split, the split draw in the main event kind of aptly scored. It wasn't terrible. I had it three. I had it three to two for Ankalaev, though. Yeah, I think Ankalaev, it shouldn't have been this close. I mean, watching the fight, what his corner said to him after like round two, he's like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Take this fight to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, poor decision making. I'm not sure if he just wanted to engage with Jan on the feet. Jan is in a different class than him, um, standing wise. Uh, And they made a big deal about Jan being able to check a lot of leg kicks. And then what he did in terms of lower leg kicks. Yeah. I mean, Magomed had to switch stances because he was Mm going to get taken out off of his feet. 
with yep. another like super solid calf kick. Yeah. 25 of 29 for Jan to that point. Yep. There would have been a TKO from calf kicks in round like three. If no that, if, if Magomed had not taken him down. Absolutely not. <laughs> it, it's a not, fight. And I, Jan unless, a, le- unless a leg breaks, unless a leg breaks, Jan did not knock him down even once. And neither did Uncle Ive. They didn't register either of those as knockdowns. No, not according to ESPN. Well, that's disappointing. Fair enough. Well, Unless a leg breaks, there will never be a calf kick stoppage. I promise you. A leg or a foot. I can think of like at least three to five in the No, you can't. Yeah. Calf kick stoppages directly after a calf kick? Now, a calf kick that led to somebody getting punched in the face, maybe. But not because of the leg. Absolutely not. I, there's probably been one this year. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> Ryan's checking the stats. <laughs> I well, Edson Barbosa has one. Alex He's Perez, the only- 2020, finishes the fight with leg kicks. The guy quit after after. That's multiple, not a TKO multiple. though. Well, it, it is, is a, a TKO. Leg kick, leg kick TKO. Edson it is, Barbosa but if the guy, if the guy I'm saying the ref will not stop it. Edson Barbosa is famous for having a head kick, leg kick, and body kick KO. That's like part of his resume. Yeah, this was USC 250. Alex Perez, leg kick, TKO. But, but. If, a guy, if a guy quits on the stool, that is not the same thing as a referee stopping it. That's correct. Yeah, you are, you are correct. I'm not disputing that. That to me is more. God, that was a card too. Holy shit, Alex Sean O'Malley was on that card. Oh, that was the Eddie when he annihilated Eddie Wineland. Um, who am I looking for? I love that hmm. they used Bittersweet Symphony, but he quits. Look, the fighter quits. Uh huh. Which like, that mm, would no. that would technically be a. <laughs> sub and what see that's it? a that's a that's a one two what is a leg kick six combo that we just saw there ah uh, yeah man lima vicious kicks he took out chandler with that shit twice that was Barbosa. okay what the fuck are we <laughs> what the fuck are so, we watching so i don't know but this is trash well, we definitely need to do a live watch along with that fight, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, we. there's like so many on here I want to watch right now. What the fuck was that? So that looks like he buckled his knee, but that's not in that's not in the UFC. That's in some sort of kickboxing. Okay, I, let's let's concede then because this is a stupid fucking thing to talk about. And I apologize <laughs> for even going here. Okay, <laughs> it's my fault. I, I take full responsibility. It is unlikely that it or or impossible that a referee will stop the fight because of a leg kick. Will a fight end because of a leg kick? Sure. In multiple ways. But is a referee going to jump in there because of what's going on? And not unless there's a broken bone. <laughs> also, there is not a single statistic that supports Ankalaev not winning a unanimous decision in this fight. So totally. He should have. Like, this is like. A judge on a bad night should have made this a split, like for for Magomed. It should have been a UD, for sure. Dang, there were so many. 
Uh, here's two minutes of the kicks. Ooh. Yep, that was not a knockdown. See, he didn't Jan, go to the ground. That did his knee touch the ground though? No. Neither did both hands. Yeah. But that wasn't even this first. Ugh. God, watching these hurts. Yeah, I would imagine Ankali is still not walking right. Yeah. No. And then and that's the other leg. Oh yeah. He's fucked up. Jeez. Yeah. And this is all the into the third round. This is all before the middle of the third round when he finally listened to his coach and took him down. So, so I guess if you want to talk damage done, maybe you could say it wasn't like a dominant performance because looking at those, I don't know. In fairness, now that I think yeah. back, I actually did see about 90 seconds of this fight. We celebrated Christmas with my wife's family on Saturday mm. and I drank way too much. <laughs> And you know that moment where you're laying in bed trying to look at like a video and you're like, well, if, if this doesn't go away, I'm going to have to change my sheets before I fall asleep. <laughs> so I turned my phone off and fell asleep. And then, you know, those drunken like 3 a.m. wake ups where you're just miserable. You mm -hmm. know, um, I looked at ESPN I'm like that was a draw. What the fuck happened? But yeah, yeah, that, that what we just watched those. That was the first two and a half rounds. That's crazy. And then like. After that, Uncle I have pinned Blahovitz the whole time and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Which is exactly what Magomed's coaches were telling him to do. So, like Ryan said, good job, dude. Listen to your coaches. Yeah. But, what the fuck? Now, like now, they're going to have Glover fight Jamal Hill. Yep. And fuck Anthony Smith, who was going to fight Jamal Hill who is ranked higher than Jamal Hill. <laughs> yeah, but isn't he still recovering from, like, some ankle injury? Anthony Smith? Not as far as I know. No? he's He's been in camp. No. And I, they told him, he, like, found out during the post-fight broadcast. <laughs> and Anthony like, Smith? Yeah, like, John yeah. Anik and them had to be like, yo, bro, <laughs> feel for you. You've been working hard. I like the Jamal Hill with Glover, though. I like that fight. <laughs> Jamal Hill on a three-fight win streak. Lost to Paul Craig, June of 2021. Yep. Um, he's an active fighter. Shit. He, is, he has been in there a lot of times the last couple of years. Um, that's his, his only loss recently anyway. So Yeah. And his arm broke. Oh, that's his only loss at all. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like, he didn't even, he didn't tap his fucking arm snapped. Yep. <laughs> Fucking bear Jew. What are you going to do? Yeah, we like Jamal Hill on this show. Do you? I don't. I think Jamal Hill would get it done against Glover. I, I do. Know. I don't know. No? Why not? No, if Glover's smart, right? If he if he's smarter than Magomed and he just takes him down, it's, it's, it's a wrap, son. But he cannot stand with Jamal. Jamal is way too dynamic. And he probably has a massive reach advantage over him. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. But uh, Glover, this is his last fight, I think. Be smart, dude. 100. Play your strengths. Take the fight to the ground. Yeah. Don't engage with this motherfucker. Yeah. He's probably... So Glover is 43. How old is Jamal? 
Is he uh, like 20 years younger than him? <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off. So that's a reasonable way to put it. How old is he? 31. He's 12 years younger. Yeah. Still. This reminds me of like uh, Brock Purdy uh, talking to Tom Brady after the game when the 49ers <sighs> smashed the Bucks. You're like, dude, I'm twice your fucking age. <laughs> Why do you have to bring them up on this show? <laughs> they smashed the Bucks. Yeah, that's true. They smashed them. Are we going to talk about Baker? Baker. Wow. Headbutting people with no helmet on? That's smart. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, of course that I saw that. Wild <laughs> after the game. You're probably like, fucking Mayfield show. Mayfield. No, I'm like, we need I to cut you. Matt Stafford immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Stafford, he won the Super Bowl last year. Let's cut him. <laughs> you know what? You're going to need to retire because I think that neck injury is far too serious. Baker Baker made a couple good throws, got helped by some penalties. Couple uh, Skoranek, again, who is the great value, which is the Walmart brand Cooper Cup. <laughs> um He's Kmart Cup. Yeah, he sure. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> he made a hell of a catch. Um, Van Jefferson is actually a solid, like third, fourth receiving option. And Baker said after the game, like I was surprised they lined up in that press coverage, and I just threw the ball up there. Baker is our king. That was <laughs> to, the, to the tune of Weasley is our king. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Speaking of. Uh, last minute demolitions. Hang hang on one second. I'm sorry, Aaron. You were watching the game when it was happening, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you know Do you know the Baker Mayfield story? I know of like what you guys have said. Okay. So he's. Uh, did he win the Heisman? I think he did. Right. He did win the Heisman. Yeah. So he- Heisman winner at Oklahoma played for Lincoln Riley, who's you know one of if not the best college football coach in the world. Um, currently coaching at USC. Gets drafted first overall by Cleveland, struggles, but then has like a year and a half where he was really, really good in Cleveland, right? And then, um, well, they they played they played to their strengths. They had a good offensive line. They had a, yeah. a dominant running game, and they just let him play off play action. They had OBJ, mm-hmm. um, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm trying Robert to Landry. find who. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, that's right. Uh the running back is good, Nick Chubb, right? Mm-hmm. Um where are his well, he had one year though where he was like a real standout player, which would have been well, no. So I mean 2018, 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns, 14 picks. The next year, 3,800 yards, 21 touch uh 22 touchdowns, 21 picks. That next year, so 2020. 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, That's pretty good. He was only sacked 26 times that year. He was sacked 40 times the year before. 2021 is where it starts to come apart for him. 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks. He was sacked 43 times, though. That is a fuck ton of times. This year with Cleveland, he was objectively bad. But he definitely has the tools, right? And he's young. It's not crazy to see him make some plays in a situation it would be like like the ufc equivalent would be like matt sarah beating gsp he had all the tools he yeah was a ufc bet you know he'd been yeah. in there he left the ufc he came back 
Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. If Matt Sarah was younger, maybe had a longer career ahead of him, potentially. Hmm. Maybe. No, bad mm. example. <laughs> Maybe if it was the Super Bowl. No, because Baker didn't win the Super Bowl. So it'd be like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it'd be like, um, it'd be on, I don't know, Ryan, like Rob Font or like Brian Ortega. It'd be like Brian Ortega going on like a two or three fight win streak and almost winning the title, which we've kind of seen from him. You wouldn't be that surprised because like, well, he has all the tools. We've seen him. If Brian Ortega now, you know, I don't know who his next fight is. If he goes out and just annihilates Arnold mm. Allen or something, I, I'm just throwing a name out there. It doesn't matter. Then mm. you're like, okay, cool. But how long is this going to last? The the Baker thing is fun, though, because he's a free agent at the end of the year. The Rams can get a pick if he leaves, or he could be a backup or something. Stafford's not exactly – I don't know what's going on with his neck and his spinal cord, but – you start talking about spinal cords in football and football and a sort of a, a deep inability to protect him. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about spinal cords. It reminds me of my back and how uh, it reminds me of Mike Tyson. You know, it's, this is it's spinal. It's spinal. <laughs> you guys are both older than me, at least by a little bit. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. So yesterday standing at Disneyland, my back was like, hey, what if I just completely seized up right now? Mm. that would be cool because we're not moving or anything so i'm just gonna really the whole right side i'm just gonna completely go stiff yeah it's like hey thanks i'm not walking around disneyland with a butt plug i swear no well i was but that's separate (laughs) that's the prep work that you do for disneyland that's the prep work how you make sure it's the happiest place on earth yeah it is uh well speaking of that game that late that late demolition uh Santiago Ponzinibbio pulled that off in this one as well against Alex Morono dude and <laughs> you were you were you were looking like a pretty pretty much like a savant when you were telling me that you know Alex Morono is a gamer because he was so I think down he was, he was the more active fighter but mm-hmm. I don't think coming in on what two three four days notice yeah something like that, that he had a chance going into the later rounds and keeping that pace mm-hmm. and, and Santiago just connected and it was, it was lights out after that. He had yeah. a really good um, uh, post fight interview where he spoke in Spanish. I didn't realize he was one of the uh, Spanish um, commentators for the UFC. I thought that oh, was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, he spoke, he spoke, uh, he did his full interview in English and then he did pretty much all of it in Spanish and the crowd fucking loved it. Good for him. That was Alex Morono? No, Santiago Pon- Ponzinibbio. Oh, okay. Very cool. I Alex no Morono lost. Yeah, well, so, I know. It's no sometimes. interview for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes. Uh, oh, that's fucking cool. Nice. And he, that was a, that was a, that's one of the reasons I really like this sport. Is <laughs> Is that it, like we were talking about? Like Alex Morono knew was going to come out, and he was going to fire, and he was going to play with what happens, and he was going to go, and that he can, he is good at learning on the fly. Um, but Santiago Ponzinibbio, he had to outlast. He did. He had to learn too. He had to adapt. He was in a full camp for Robbie Lawler, who was going to come at him way different than Morono did. So like he had to adjust and he did. 
That's a, that was a good win. I loved it. And then, uh, <laughs> is Darren Till done? Is he done? Is he done? He says well, he's I, done. I think he's. I think he's done for a while because didn't he injure his knee again? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this is like that's not good. Was it a knee injury before? And then yes. then prior to that, I mean, there's something else. He's he is constantly injured. Yeah, he's like Dominic Cruz if he sucked more. <laughs> I think he does <Okay>. suck more. <laughs> You're right. He's like Dominic Cruz sucking more. <laughs> I think he does suck more. Because uh, he, he, he doesn't win fights. He made it exciting. Like, that was at least a, a good part of it. Like, right at the end of the first round when he kind of got out of trouble. He got but, out of trouble. The second round was way more favorable to him. But look at the overall strikes. It yeah. was 117 to 58. Yeah. It and Drickus had six takedowns. He's credited for six of six takedowns with three sub attempts. Now... They weren't the greatest quality of sub attempts. No. But uh, Andrikis definitely looked tired in round two, like almost like he took the round off. Look at number one. (laughs) Look at that. 82 of his 120. (laughs) Yes. Came in the first round. By the end of it, he was ready to go to the ground and try and go for anything. (laughs) And he did. Is what do you think about Drickus in higher in the middleweight division than now? I don't know. I was I was thinking I about that either. on like what are the divisional rankings? He's interesting because he's very explosive, but I don't like him long term because those upper echelon fighters are going to take him into later rounds, and he definitely yeah. does not know how to pace himself. Nope. Yeah, definitely doesn't on. know how to pace himself. Spot on. So, I mean, middleweight, like, definitely not beating Alex, Izzy, Whitaker, not Marvin Vittori. He's got cardio for days. Jared Cannonier probably would wrestle him to death. Paulo Costa would be fun. Yeah, I could even see him fighting um, winner or, uh, or loser of Cannonier Strickland. Loser. Loser? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm down for that. Give that him a chance. Happen. Climb up a little bit. Yeah. Darren but, Till, to me, I think needs to take two years, go to a new camp, go to, just you know, go to, go to, what, what are the two big ones in Florida? Sanford MMA, which I think is something <laughs> different now, and ATT. ATT, go to AKA, go to Jackson Wink, go somewhere completely different, spend two years refining your game with a new coach, new team around you, new training partners, all that shit. I I don't, you can train with Hamzat all you want, but it kind of seems like what Hamzat does is not replicable or otherwise everyone would do it. So, Mm -hmm. I, you know, Darren Till has all the tools. He's only 29. Mm Hmm. It's it's not working for him. So, yeah, he didn't and look like, bad in the fight, but and like you were just saying, like Darren Till is twenty nine. That's where he's at. Patty Pimblett is twenty eight. Exactly. 
you know, and like that, that's, this is where he's at. This is where he's going to be. I don't know if there's 10 year, he's not going to have a belt. Like Pimblet will not fight for a belt. I think there's a better chance that Rosas Jr. has a belt in 2023 or 2024 than Patty Pimblet. Oh, I don't. I don't think that's yeah. crazy at all. S- slow your fucking roll. Twenty twenty three. I think it's possible. Nope. At bantamweight. At bantamweight. Yeah. S- especially at bantamweight. You talking? Wait, one of the deepest divisions in all the UFC. Put it on the board. Are we? Are we right. really though? Yeah. All right. So yeah. Alderman, does he? Does what are he you talking Alderman? about? <laughs> Your your self-proclaimed favorite fighter is ranked 13th. Uh-huh. Who does Raul Rosas beat this in the top 15? Does he beat the uh, uh we need another does we he need beat Khabib's fight. cousin Saeed? Does he no. beat Jack Shore, our no. favorite Welshman? Jack Shore, maybe. Does he beat the UFC's best boxer, Adrian Yanez? Careful. I don't know who I don't know who Krista Chris Gutierrez is. I don't think is. I don't think Saeed is is his cousin. I think Umar's his cousin. Umar's his cousin. All right, another yeah. Nurmagomedov, <laughs> Ricky yeah. Simone. Chris, Chris Gutierrez is the guy who just annihilated uh, Frankie Edgar. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Does Raul Rosas beat Chris Gutierrez? No. No. Ricky Simone. No. No. Pedro There's Munoz, chance, not Ricky probably Simone. not. Song Yadong would knock his fucking head off. Dominic Cruz, I don't know. Interesting. That one is almost not fair because which Dominic Cruz is going to be? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Does he beat Rob see... Font? No. Mm-mm. Does he beat Sandhagen? Mm-mm. No. Does he beat Cheeto? Absolutely not. Does he beat Yon? Of course not. Does he beat Marab? No. Does so he beat Sean O'Malley? Me... No. Does he beat Aljamain Sterling? No. So what no. you're saying, Dom, is it's more likely Patty Pimblet will be a champ than Rosas? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm saying I would actually be surprised if Patty ever even fights for the belt. I think at some point Rosas will yeah. fight for the belt. I just think next year is quick. 24? I mean, who knows? If Sean goes up and Sterling quits and Marab goes down, I don't know. Like st- A lot of weird stuff happens. So maybe. Yeah. But He's only 18. We've we've got some time. Yeah. What if he also what if he moved down to flyweight? Could he make flyweight? How how big is that guy? I don't know. Let's look. It's hard to tell. He weighed in. It says 141. Is it if he's weighing 141, he could probably get down. Well, 25 is teeny tiny. Yeah. Now I think Bo Nickel will be a champion before both of them. All right. Well, he's also more mature. Oh yeah, he's six years older, eight years older even. He has less you have, he has less MMA fights. That that doesn't matter. He has more all the other fights. If, if we played the same, if we played the same game at middleweight for Bo Nickel, how many of the top fifteen in middleweight beat him? Oh my gosh, it'd be at middleweight. Yeah, that's that's what he fights at. Yeah. Who? Uh, yeah. So like, go from fifteen down. Chris like, Curtis. Uh, I think Bo Nickel would run through him. Yep. Yeah. Drickus? Outlast uh, him. That's interesting. Drickus is a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, Nasruddin Imovov. He's French, by the way. Mm. <laughs> okay. Give me Bo Nickel. Uh, he's good. Kelvin, uh, give me Bo Nickel. Andre? Uh, I mean, he did break Jacare's arm. 
Gimme Bonickel. Gimme Bonickel. Uh, also Darren, broke Darren Till. Show. <laughs> I'll take Bonickel. Jackson Jack Manson. Andre broke somebody else's arm too and knocked a couple people out. Jack Manson. <laughs> Um, not the one. Yeah, that's he's been not. Fighting he's lately. not the grappler. He doesn't have the uh, offensive pressure either. So give me Bo Nickel. Roman Delize. Ooh, that's a so Roman. Tougher. Roman Delize just just did the thing against Jack. So yep. Sean Strickland. I think he would destroy Sean Strickland. Okay. I think he would take Paulo Costa down in an instant. Mm-hmm. I think he would do the same to Derek Brunson because Derek I, Brunson is a little bit older. But Derek Brunson is big. He is big. He's not Jared Cannonier big. No, he's not. Marvin Vittori would be an interesting fight because he's got, mm-hmm. as I said, he's got cardio for days, and I think he's a little bit of a psychopath. Yep. Cannonier, again, he's I, huge. He used to fight think, at heavyweight. Yeah. I think Roman Delice would give him the most trouble. I of the whole list, you're probably right. And Whitaker looks good. You know, I don't. I don't think the, the, Bo Nickel is losing a minute of sleep over Robert Whitaker. Above Jared Cannonier and Roman Delize, like, uh, and that's nope. it. I think Bo Nickel walks through Stylebender and Pajeda. Mm. I think stylistically, he is a nightmare for them on the oh, feet. Yeah, yes, on yeah, the feet. Yeah. At, on the feet. What are we talking about? Bo Nickel yeah. doesn't last a round, but he doesn't have to stay on the feet. Pajeda no. struggled with Stylebender on the feet, and Stylebender sucks or on the ground and Stylebender sucks on the ground. Mm-hmm. Bo Nickel just holds them down and keeps them there. Yeah. And that that is the that is the it's not a club and sub, it's a club and club. Yeah. And Roman Roman Delete say, I mean, that's kind of the I mean, isn't he he's Georgian. He's like Marab Devalish Feely. Like he wants that engagement and it's yeah. gonna see who hits harder. And, and and I mean the control that he put on Jack Hermanson was just nutty. All that we're really talking about with Bo Nickel is a stylistic thing. Yeah, that's yeah. who can beat him. It's it's not going to be. It's it's not going to be some. Nobody is a, at one eighty five is a better wrestler than him. No, he's a he's a pure mm-hmm. specialist right now, but he's a specialist at probably the most dominant aspect of MMA. Yeah. The grappling. Definitely. Yeah. Grappling now, and wrestling. Yeah. Grappling and wrestling. Ilya Tapuria. Yeah, we Look have to that. talk about this. Now we Bo have Nickel to... sells his own merch. <laughs> As he should. There, I mean, A, Ilya Tapuria, fifteen thousand hundred miles ahead of Patty Pimblet. The idea of that fight is ridiculous to me, and the idea that it's even in conversation. I think is... he should go up and knock him out. And Fine. Just... I'm for yeah, it. Put it. Put it into the hype train. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, rumor mills Bryce Mitchell had the flu. And really? uh, that he actually was going to cancel the fight, but needed to pull through for the fans. You know, just like TJ Dillashaw needed to pull through for the fans. Um, well, that's but- different. <laughs> Apparently, like <laughs> he was out and couldn't do camp for at least a week. Yeah. Uh, about two weeks ago, and it affected his weight and everything, um, and messed up his whole last of camp. But Ilya, I, I can't see healthy Bryce Mitchell getting past that either. No, the UFC, <laughs> the UFC has him now ranked at 14 on the featherweight division for Ilya. 
and Bryce Mitchell is still at nine. You would think maybe that should be updated, but let's play that game with uh, Ilya. Does he beat Edson Barbosa? Yes. Yes. Does he beat Dan Ige? Yes. Does he beat another up-and-comer, Sodiq Youssef? Probably. Uh, mm-hmm. I think probably, too. Mosvar Evelev. That would be a war, but yes. And that's also a, that's also a young guy. We mm-hmm. already know he beat Bryce. They were calling out at the time of the fight card that he should fight Giga next. Now, that's Georgian on Georgian crime right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to do that right away. But that would be a fantastic, exciting stand-up fight. I but think that's were... the right fight to make since you Josh so? Emmett since Josh Emmett and a year are fighting for the belt. I mean, why don't we have Ilya fight Calvin Cater? I like that one too, especially Dude. after the last win. No. Yeah. The thing is though, I think Ilya would take him down and just smash him. I think he would Cater beat yeah. Kadze in January. That's right. Okay. Okay. So uh he beat Korean zombie Korean would zombie. be good too. And he's always a good he's a good gatekeeper, but I got I don't know. But Arnold Allen would be a war. I wouldn't be able to pick Brian uh, Ortega. I wouldn't be able to pick Yair. I wouldn't be no Brian, he would get jabbed to death. He'd get beat up. See, the thing is, Brian's not really good at taking people down. He's just he tries he, to stand up on the feet and then he pulls guard. Yeah, and look at Ilya Tapuria. Just for a good fighter, Brian it. Ortega sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Ilya Tapuria. That's just a sub- joke, Brian Ortega. It. We love you. <laughs> Only on the Pretty Neat podcast. <laughs> Ilya Tapuria just submitted Bryce Mitchell, though. So I don't think I'd be too worried about Ilya Tapuria against Brian Ortega. Now, a that could be specialist. that could be a Bryce Mitchell that had the flu. So could be he could have been a little bit compromised. Brian Ortega, oh, man, he almost submitted the best featherweight in the world twice in the same fight. Yeah. (laughs) You mean the best fighter in the world? The number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world? It's not crazy to say. For now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what is is Islam going to do to that guy? I have... I, I feel so bad. excited to watch I feel it. bad. Have you moved all the way to Islam winning? Yeah, I have. Okay. So the the uh, we still have the unknown. The wild card is is his ability to game plan. Alexander, that is. Um, but you can only game plan so much. Which mm-hmm. which is to say, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. It's just withstand and escape. Yeah, dude, and regroup or or don't. Yeah, but not regroup though, because he's not going to allow you to regroup. No, <sighs> I feel like these people just condition condition their fucking heads starting at like age five. Yeah, and like you just can't knock them out unless you absolutely catch them on the button, and that is the only way. Who are we talking about? Like the Dagestanis and the like. Whoa. um yeah, we have Russian seen Islam wrestlers. get knocked off. Somebody did hit that button. Yeah, yeah. But and you're right. Volkanovski is the type of striker that you, you've just got to catch him coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because that's what he has to do. 
Yeah, you, yeah. You just have to catch him coming in. It's that simple. so fucking easy. Just yeah. catch him coming in. It's it's yeah. fine. Don't worry just, about the the. Oh, is way. that the way? Yeah, like cool. when Jer- he's coming in and he changes levels, you just hit him with that uppercut. Yeah, Jarzinho Rosenstrike listens to us. You Dude, just catch yes. him cutting in. Chris <laughs> Dawkins doesn't listen to the fuck I say. Don't stand up, please. What are you doing, <laughs> man? Use you your called- BJJ. Yep, you were talking about it. It's like he he had way more tools to finish this fight and. 26 seconds he's fighting a dude who had like 60 something knockouts as a professional kickboxer what are you doing yeah what are you doing rosenstrike had 60 knockouts as a kickboxer something to that effect god damn yeah he i mean he that is so many because you know because he knocked out the other 60 guys (laughs) i knocked everyone out (laughs) Uh, biggie boy yeah Friggin' crazy. And then Edmund Shabazian, while you look that up, uh, ended his three-fight skid. His new camp must be working out. The time away looks good. I enjoyed it. Also, he's middleweight. We just played he, that game. He's uh, not good. No. he's He's got a... We got to see a couple more fights. He's also very big for that class. He, I think he should be moving up. And you think I, you think uh, Shabazzian should fight two hundred five? Not that he would be competitive there immediately, but I think he should. If seeing how it goes, that's all. See how it goes. Uh, I thought he looked too big. Sixty four wins by knockout in professional kickboxing. <laughs> Seventy six matches won. Sixty four of them by knockout of the eighty five he competed in. Has okay. the second second fastest knockout in kickboxing kickboxing history. Wow, is that good? I think that's good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so nice. again, Chris Dawkins, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> again, what are you doing? Please, I I don't know. Do do you? Is there? I mean, it must be hard. Like when there's the two brothers, and I be. I don't know if they're both on back-to-back losses, but like having losses like that so close to each other because his yeah. brother. No, lost they're last both week. they're both back-to-back. Uh, yep. I think we made the comment about his younger brother having his face broken and coming back and fighting so soon. I think it was like four or five months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. Action man, Chris Curtis. Got There's it somebody who did listen to me. Yep, he definitely listened. He looks great. He looks so good. Uh, Billy Q with also, Alex Hernandez, another one that looked us. good. War <laughs> that was a good war, though. It I was, was a, nervous. Nervous. Were you nervous in the in the first round? I was like, man, I didn't realize yeah. that Alex Hernandez used to fight at one fifty five and was huge. Mm-hmm. And decided now fight at one forty five and was absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. I thought. You know, I thought and I thought incorrectly that Billy Q was going to get snuffed out. But you know what? God damn it. He just it refused was, to say goodbye. It almost happened more than once. It that, did. That was Alex's Hernan- Alex Hernandez's method, like his route to victory. And he fucking nearly got there. <laughs> Dude. Um, Speaking but- of Alex's Hernandez, do you know what his nickname is? <laughs> I don't. Tell me. The Great Ape. Oh, that's right. It is. <laughs> 
I like it. Now, I'm not a fan of any nicknames that include ape or gorilla. Why? I don't know. Makes me uncomfortable. I am also uncomfortable by it, but it, I feel like we're uncomfortable for different reasons. Okay. I feel like it's disrespectful to the ape, and here's why. <laughs> Meaning the actual ape. Yes. Of the it's great species. apes. And I love great apes. We are talking about, of course, um, the gorilla, right? Mm-hmm. The silverback. We are talking about the chimpanzee. Chimp strong. We are talking about the bonobo. And my favorite. The orangutan. The orangutan. <laughs> which, as you both know, loosely translates to person of the forest. Just yes. think about that. Yes. That's a I think we've talked about it on the show. Yeah? That's right. Many, many episodes ago. What I would like to see. <laughs> And I would buy the pay-per-view. Is Alex Hernandez in a cage with any of those four animals? <laughs> That's fair. I would very much like to up, see a chimp pull his arms off. You're signing up for the purge <laughs> by saying things like that. You're like, you know what I want? One day where I can just murder whoever I want. Where's that movie? Where's like the purge where like the zookeeper loses his shit? Let's all the animals out to kill everyone. I would love to see the beautiful, majestic orangutan you could call it the furge the furge just uh, take apart if you'd like to donate to our our production of the furge go to the pretty neat podcast yeah let's we're gonna take this highly highly (laughs) endangered animal and make them fight in a cage for our enjoyment that's (laughs) i can think of nothing better to do with money it's like it's like the prequel to nope Right, that's that's how we got to the nope with the uh, yes the chimpanzee on that show. Yeah, this one's uh, called uh, <laughs> Chimps. Of course, the most aggressive of that bunch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would. That's why you can't you can't call yourself the vanilla gorilla. You can't call yourself the great ape. You can't call yourself. Isn't somebody just the gorilla? You can't do that because you aren't that thing. I think mm-hmm. Jared Cannonier calls himself the killer gorilla. Yep. Yeah, he's the killer gorilla. Hmm. Uh, whatever. Fun. Anyway, things. Alex Hernandez uh gassed himself out. Yeah. And then Billy Q, excellent diversity and striking. He yeah. just didn't know where he was going. He ripped to the body, and yep. then, and then it was just head hunting after that. It was. I was actually I was really stoked when he when he came back to finish that fight. Good, some good fight IQ great it was it was good and withstanding good resilience uh i was surprised by the tj brown eric silva fight only in that and i can't believe i didn't fucking put it together at all but tj brown is bryce mitchell's training partner for like 15 years what did you what did i think he was gonna do in this fight besides jujitsu you know what i mean (laughs) um and uh that's what he did he put it on Silva the whole time and uh, was always threatening. All beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. great performance. It was dominant. TJ's got to move up and fight somebody, somebody a little higher in featherweight with a challenge. I yeah, it was it. a it was a good fight. It was Eric Silva's uh, USA debut as well, mm-hmm. and he was thirty five. Um, yeah, it was interesting. His backstory was a. Uh, a karate point fighter growing up as a 
as a young lad with his with his father in his dojo in Venezuela, and they moved to Costa Rica, where he kind of fell in love with grappling. It's just interesting that he didn't use any of it in that fight. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he just he just got taken down and submitted. Yeah, he, he didn't do he didn't do shit other than yeah. when uh, T.J. Brown was going for chokes, he was holding up the thumbs up. Yep, I'm good. Good. I'm not trying to uh, defend myself. I'm good. <laughs> I'm letting you know that I'm alive still. <laughs> yep, still conscious. Not defending myself though. We're good. Yep. yep. He's just not strong enough, or he hasn't locked it in. Uh, he's on his way. We're good. Yep. <laughs> Maybe on the third try. Yep. yep. Okay. <laughs> Yep, he got it this time. I'm done. <laughs> yep, tap, tap. Uh, and then uh, Cameron, is it Simon or Simon? I think uh, it's Simon. He's Simon because he's South African. Uh, another one, another little comeback. Nice little battle back and forth between him and Ke- Stephen Coslow. Uh, but shit, he's a little, he's a prospect out of uh, South Africa. I have yeah, no, I thought, I thought there's Coslo. a little there. Coslo looked good at the start. Um, it wasn't until the second round, midway through the second round, that Simon really like started opening up with his own mm-hmm. offensive game. So it was that was that was fun. It was a great, like like we were saying, the first eight fights, the first ten fights, mm-hmm. all action packed. I mean, there's some terrible decision making for sure, like people not playing to their strengths, but very very action packed. Yeah, this Simon guy fucking killed somebody on Contender Series or something. Yes, yes, he had a brutal knockout on yeah, Contender he did. Series. Anyway, anything else to re-recap from this past weekend? Was there any other major sporting events besides Bellator, which we chatted about a little bit? That was fun. Nothing else crazy there. There was some... There was some boxing as well. I didn't watch it. Uh, the Chinese. Uh, Terrence Crawford, right? Yeah. yeah Bud Ch- Crawford uh, annihilated some dude for uh, on a pay-per-view that nobody bought on DOK <laughs> Prime. <laughs> Why did no one buy it? Because who the fuck would pay for that to watch because him fight? it wasn't against <laughs> Errol Spence. It wasn't against Errol Spence. And it probably <laughs> won't be against Errol Spence because he didn't even fucking mention him by name in the post-fight interview about hey what do you want to do next like you can't say you want to make big fights and not fight errol spence what are we doing what are we doing (laughs) bud crawford nope no thanks he is a hell of a fighter though it it was an amazing combination knockout Mm -hmm. like wow the guy was out out no no need for a count nothing call it you're done amazing fight definitely wasn't in this class but then again not a lot of people at that weight class are well really no one except maybe errol spence maybe errol spence and please god why can't we make that fight (laughs) who do you think would do is there a line on that fight Mm, i'm sure there's a i'm sure there's a line i don't know what it is you would you would probably favor crawford for sure He's higher on the pound-for-pound rankings. Yeah. Hmm. Errol Spence was in another car accident two days ago? No way. What the fuck? Was he driving? Yes, I heard about that. 
a 14 year old kid stole a car and ran a red light and crashed into his car yeah that is true <laughs> what the fuck just bad bad luck follows this dude it would seem it seems like he's okay yeah okay good should we make the last pnp picks of 2022 together yeah nice and now it's time for the pretty neat podcast picks This fight night, this is the last one of the year, right? Great fight This night. one is a fucking banger. They really did a good one with us. They're sending yeah. it out right. Do you remember when they used to have the big year-end cards, too? It was yeah, always, the... like, December 30th. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But... The New Year's Eve fights. Yep. Yeah. Used to be, like, the counter to the, the uh, International Fight Week and the big capper. This is a nice treat. I got to say, I would rather have this fight night than like uh, a really big headliner pay-per-view with kind of a weak card at the end of the year. I really like you this mean, fight uh, night. what was that, 280 or 279? What do you mean? <laughs> the Nick, the Nate has one. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, fuck that card. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. This is it. This one's loaded all the way from from the very, very beginning of the card. Yeah, uh, I mean, you start off in the bantamweight division with Sergey Marizov, Kazakhstan, and Journey Newsom. Fun fight. Bantamweights are always exciting. Uh, Sergey is coming. And now off it's the- time for the ah! Pretty Neat Podcast pick. Oh, double picks. <laughs> double picks. We pick again. Sergey's coming off that recent win. Is he not? Sergey against Julian Paiva. Yes. And Julian oh. Paiva was kind of the, the a prospect at the time. Didn't Julian Paiva get knocked out by Sean O'Malley? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in his second or third fight. Uh, when but, people thought Cody Garbrandt might fight Sean O'Malley. Remember that? Yeah. And Julian Paiva was kind of the, even though, um, I mean, Sean kicked his ass. should still fight Sean O'Malley. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to see it <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the short time it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Julian Paiva, I think, got a couple of hits in. Sergey's not bad. I got Sergey in this myself. Got like gotta love the Kazakhstanis. Uh, the Kazakhstanis. Kazakhstanis. Well, here's the thing though. Sergey's got a negative strike differential. He's actually, I mean, it's very slim, but he's landing essentially as much as he's taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Journey's not much better, but he does have a positive strike differential. He has way better defense on his numbers, too. Um, the problem, I, I think the advantage for Sergey is it looks like half of his strikes he's throwing power punches. Yeah, he's he's trying to end the fight, that is for sure. Oh, and uh, Journey has a 0% takedown defense, so either nobody's ever tried to take him down or you can't stop the takedown. <laughs> oh, geez. That's wild. All right. So I got Sergey on this one too. Yeah. And he's a pretty, pretty big, sizable favorite. I'm surprised there are not odds here on number nine, David Dvorak, and number 12, Dominic's favorite fighter. Yeah. Manel Cop. Uh, his favorite so, Portuguese fighter. 
There are. Uh, ESPN has odds. So Manel is a minus 240 favorite. Dvorak at plus 200. I will not say that Manel Kopp is my favorite fighter, but I will say he is probably my favorite prospect. Uh, Bo Nichols, my favorite. He is my favorite <laughs> prospect that has actually fought actual UFC fights. Okay. Fair enough. I, I don't disagree with him at in flyweight. I mean... I recognized his name before David Dvorak, to mm-hmm. be completely honest. And David Dvorak's been in the UFC longer. <laughs> I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take. I like Manel Cop too, but in the interest of uh, controversy, I think David Dvorak wins this fight just really? based on statistics. Okay. Yeah. How do you think he gets it done? Mm, decision. I mean, there's not a lot of finishes other than submissions and uh, flyweight. Not no, recent. There's not. Yeah, without recent, you know, surge of knockouts, but those are relegated to just a couple of fighters. I think Manel has a pretty significant statistical advantage. I don't know what stats you're talking about, but I appreciate the debate. The significant strikes. He's got a lower striking defense, and his striking differential is 0.1, whereas uh, David Dvorak has a 0.87 striking differential. And has a higher striking defense. How do they determine striking differential? It's the difference between strikes landed per minute subtracted by strikes absorbed per minute. Okay. But just for you, though, not your opponent. Correct. Okay. So cop lands more and he's about 6% more accurate. It'll be an interesting fight. It's a fun one. And it's mm-hmm. way at the bottom of the card, which is a little strange. It is strange yeah. for, for both for two ranked fighters. Yeah, like yeah. way at the bottom of the card. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a one twenty-five start time yeah. at the Pacific time. Yeah, well, it is. even even the next fight with Brian Battle. Brian Battle's a tough winner. Also, Brian Battle, it seems like is on our show every fourth <laughs> week or something. I guess we saw him August. Mm-hmm. And then August 21, August 2nd, and August 28th of 2021, February, and then again this August. So not not crazy. We've seen a, a decent amount of him. Does not want me to click that one. This, he is uh, a slight <laughs> underdog against yeah. he's this, right Russian, this Russian dude is looking to oh take my. people down. Oh yeah, my, dude. Renat Fakhradinov. I was going to say Renat <laughs> fuck right off. Like, yeah. I can't say that shit. That's crazy. It's backwards, right? That's actually Vonit Turknar. It, it may Tanner. as well be. Uh, he is coming off of a win against Andres Michalaitis, your guys' favorite Greek fighter. Who, of course, is famous for getting the fuck knocked out of him by Alex Pajeda. Wow. Yeah, yeah Michaelidis. That's uh, it's Greek for knockout. Yeah. <laughs> give me Brian Battle here. <laughs> yeah. I like the under. Uh, give me fuck right off right now uh, by... How does he win? I like Round Brian Battle here, too. That's a, that's a club and sub. I'm going to take, take the Ruski. I'm I'm doing the Brian Ruski. Battle. Yeah, the Ruski. Russian. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get it. My that's a, a favorite saying of my dad's. The Ruski. Uh, I'm going with 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 Dom. I think Brian Battle's going to get it by sub. Sub? Okay. Yeah. I didn't say by sub. I just think Battle wins. I at, the, at this at that weight, <laughs> well, welterweight, I guess. 
yeah. favors maybe the knockout, but sure. Uh, then we get lightweight Rafa Garcia versus a man with one name, Mahashata. <laughs> Mahashata. Hard, hard to pick against a guy with one name. It yeah, really is. I agree. Even when he's the dog. And uh, Rafa Garcia has a negative strike differential of one, almost 1.5, which is not good. Yeah, you don't want to be taking one and a half strikes for every one you're issuing. No, you didn't. So is it it like the fighting version of whip? That's every every two that's being issued, correct? Anyway, doesn't matter. You don't want to get hit. (laughs) So no one's going to, Ryan, is it like whip, but for fighting? Um, Refresh me on what whip is in baseball. Whip terms. is walks and hits per inning pitched. Um, it's I guess that's somewhat directionally accurate. Like walks and hits. Yeah, I mean, those what, are both next. From what I understood, it's ha- yeah, it's it's how many strikes you are getting off for every strike you're absorbing. Yeah, that's that's your differential. If you have a negative yeah, dif- differential, it, it means per minute you are taking more strikes than you are actually delivering. Yeah, yeah. So, so then it'd be like uh, you need to add like strikeouts or something. Yes. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to substitute walks and hits for something that is a positive for the for the pitcher. <laughs> okay. And then the next or like one, ERA plus. I don't know what that is. So like that's, a really that's probably more directionally accurate. A really good. What is ERA plus? Do you know? No, I don't know. I could tell you though. So like, yeah, okay. The worst whip you can even find on MLB's website is one point eight eight. Um, obviously, the more innings you pitch, the higher that number is going to be. Uh, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young with a 1.55. He's 33rd in the league, so maybe it's not that telling of a stat. Hmm. Yeah, but that I mean, that's just the the lower it is, the less you're letting any anybody get on possible base in any pot, potential scoring position. So Correct. actually, probably what would be more accurate is FIP, fielding independent pitching, uh-huh. which measures okay. measures a pitcher's effectiveness at preventing home runs, walks, uh, mm. hit. Uh, HBPs or you know pits, yeah. plunks, whatever the case may be, um, mm-hmm. hit by pitch. Gotcha. Interesting. Stats are fun. If only it was used to apply to better judging. So the best FIP in baseball belongs to. Okay, this list is going to shock you. Jacob Degrom, Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale, Steven <laughs> Strasburg, Corey Kluber, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Aaron Nola, Justin Verlander, Zach Wheeler. Do I need to keep going? No, I mean that, that seems like that's <laughs> those pretty, are the guys. That's that's pretty accurate. Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh beauty. Moving up from lightweight, we then go or moving down, I guess it would be into bantam weight. Then we get Saeed Nurmagomedov, who may or may not be Khabib's cousin, against Sedjo Cub. Kak Ramanov. <laughs> Come on, that's a great, that's a great name. If anyone is going to beat someone named Nurmagomedov, it's going to be somebody named Kak Ramanov. So, <laughs> and he's actually he's... a slight, uh, very slight underdog. He's basically a pick'em. You yeah, should change his name to Scotty Snippin. That way, good God, Kak Ramanov has <laughs> six takedowns per fifteen minutes. So this guy is mm-hmm. definitely always going for the takedown. 
Yeah. Did did you guys hear Scotty Pippen's son is dating Michael Jordan's ex-wife or something? No fucking way. <laughs> something like that. What? That's funny. For for what it's worth, and something I'd really like to work into this show in the new year is I I really love stories like this. Um, just recently, yeah. Uh, Larsa Pippen says, "Oh no, no, no! Scotty's daughter is with Michael Jordan's son. What's going on? That's not nearly as exciting." No. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's not nearly as exciting. Not as scandalous. Um, the football, the football quarterback, just recently who like bangs his mom's friends, and uh, of course, famously Delonte West and LeBron James's mom. Like, there's. I like I like those types of stories, you guys. <laughs> you <laughs> For what say. it's worth. You don't say. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you guys, this really excites me. <laughs> I just thought he was some guy at the Christmas party. Uh, okay. Check this out. So Kok Romanov, right? Six takedowns per 15. His takedown accuracy, 52%. So... He's going to decision 70% of the time or closer to 75% of the time, but so is Saeed. They're not mm-hmm. going to finish this fight. It's definitely going to go uh, decision. Um, but give me the Uzbekistani in this one yeah. um, to be the, the, best, the best name. Well, in that. Hey, why not? Let's take a shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm never doubting. Never cut off cock rock. Never cut off cock Robinoff. There we go. There's a thing. Yeah. Darren yeah. Wynn looks like he was made out of like leftover parts or something. So Darren Wynn has been affectionately known as a as a fuck. Well, I'm pretty sure he pronounces it Duran Wynn. Yeah, Duran Wynn, affectionately yeah. referred to as a what? mini um Jesus Christ. He's an announcer now, but he was the light heavyweight heavyweight champion. Yeah. Oh, Daniel Cormier? (laughs) Yeah. Mini mini Daniel Cormier. I see it. He's 5'6", and he fights at 186. So, they have similar body type. It is. His opponent is 6'2". Yeah. Oh, this is going to be... This is going to be an interesting fight to watch. No, but, but it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Deron wins last fight. Like Phil he's Haas. He's a nightmare. Phil Haas beat the shit out of him and he just couldn't put him away. Yeah. Like he beat the fuck out of him and he could not put him away. Yep. Uh, Phil Haas stopped him in the second round. Okay. Mm-hmm. I take that back. And it'd be Arroyo and Mearshart beat him, submitted him. Yeah, he's Stewart. a. He's he's a heavyweight in a featherweight's body or a flyweight's body. Yeah, dude, he's, he's that's the equivalent, right? Oh, if that's he were, funny. If he were six four six five, he would definitely be a heavyweight because he's, that's his body type. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and if they list him at five six, he's probably five four and a half. Yeah, give me Marquez yeah. and give this me Marquez by finish. <laughs> give me Marquez by uh yeah by TKO. Oh, Marquez only a slight favorite though, minus one sixty five plus one forty. Yeah, if Marquez looked- gets caught. It's over. Duran, I mean, he hits like a fucking truck. I mean, you can yeah, tell. But Duran, Duran, okay, check this striking differential. Lands, 4.55 per minute. Not bad. Kind of high. Yeah. Higher than Julian Marquez. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duran win absorbs 6.21 strikes in the same minute. 
So he's giving up almost two additional strikes for what he's landing per minute. Uh, whereas Julian Marquez has a positive strike differential, but it's marginal. Um, he's so. wearing his pads. <laughs> what can you say? That's what he's banking on, is what I would assume. I want to see him walking around next to Daniel Cormier. (laughs) I shall call him mini me. Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, I know what the cover art's going to be for Instagram tomorrow. Uh, Welterweight. After this middle, that middleweight bout, Julian Marquez, Duran, when you heard it here first, Julian Marquez is going to get this done. Uh, After that, welterweight, though, we get city kickboxer back, Jake Matthews. Uh, taking on Matthew Semmelsberger, who is was he, a named champion CKB? for a long time. Uh, if I believe I recall, if I recall correctly, uh, yeah, Semmelsberger is crazy 88 Brazilian jiu jitsu. No, Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews, yeah, Jake Matthews. He recently had that fight, if you recall, uh, over summer. His hair nexus. is much longer. Jake Matthews than... is a nexus, fighter. yeah. He beat Fialo, he beat, he beat the machine, Andre Fialo. Uh, in his last fight, put him away in the first or second round, Just battered Ooh. him. Yeah. Um, and uh, hair out and Ooh. fixed his uh, Matthews did. Matthews grew his hair out. His hair was long in the last fight. Uh, okay. After he lost to Sean Brady is when he, he then took over a year off uh, after that loss. Well, so that, yeah. uh, Sean Brady will do that to you. I uh, yeah. I can't pick against um, Semmelsberger because he's semi the Jedi. Um, so <laughs> that's true. He that's is my the, logic there. He is he is a Star Wars fan. He's also the one who asked out Miley's. No, that's Julian Marquez. He asked no, out Julian Miley Marquez. Cyrus. <laughs> Will you go to the prom with me? Yeah, and you wanted then, to go to prom with Miley Cyrus. No, uh, I think he just wanted to go on a date. He definitely wasn't in high school when he did that. He asked her out for Valentine's Day because he won on that card. That's and right. She said yes if he shaved like a heart into his chest hair or something, and then he did. And I think it actually all went down. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we cap off the prelims with uh, definitely some fans on this podcast of Cheyenne Velismus. We we like Cheyenne Velismus. Um. She's are, those new, a, are those new leg tattoos? Go ahead and click on that uh, that bracket right there. Oh yeah, those look pretty new. Those look new. Um, and she's gonna have a she's gonna have a battle with with McKenna. I I think this is gonna be a, a good fight, and I think it's gonna go to decision myself. And I think Cheyenne's gonna get it. I think she's gonna outland. Hmm. Yeah, so McKenna's won two of her last three fights. She went win, loss, win. But I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you the quality of her opponents, to be quite honest. Uh, this will be her third fight this year. And then prior to that, her last fight was in 2020. Mm. I uh what are you talking about? McKenna or Cheyenne? McKenna. McKenna. Yeah. But Cheyenne. We we're we're rooting for her. Come on. Yeah. So I think she yeah, she's definitely gonna win. Um Cheyenne Velismus is on the list, right? She is definitely yes. on the list. She's yeah, the she warrior is. princess. Yeah, she's, she's Zena. Zena. <laughs> yeah, she's she's on the list for sure. Yeah. So Cheyenne, I will go with Cheyenne Velismus. Come on the show. We want to chat. We want to talk. 
She's then got, she almost has a positive three strike differential as well. That is very good. That is yeah. very good. She throws um, a lot. Do you remember? Corey McKenna has a negative strike differential and, mm-hmm. and Cheyenne's defense is way better and is more accurate with her significant strikes. She's Cor- not rated or ranked rather. No. Well, straw weight is very, very tough. Yeah. There, um, Corey strikes me as an athlete turned fighter where Cheyenne strikes me as a fighter turned athlete. Uh, and like, I think that Cheyenne actually has it. Like she has both qualities. Um, and now the confidence and um, uh, what's the right word? Discipline coming from the actual athleticism of the sport, I think is is going to drastically improve her game. I yeah. think this will be a like a show for her. Like I, I really I think do this will think... be a, a big display for Cheyenne. Uh, I think well, it'll be a dominant decision or a finish, and they want it to be capping the prelims. Yeah, they definitely want that to be a uh, a big highlight for her to mm-hmm. to cap off the early prelims. Or this is the main card of the prelims. They're both five foot three, but Cheyenne has a four and a half inch reach advantage over Corey McKenna. So that's that's definitely and, not good for Corey. And more striking experience, like more striking in her background too. Totally, because she comes from boxing. So go Cheyenne, we're cheering for you. We are. Um, and damn it, come on the podcast. That'd be so cool. Then we move into the main card. Let's kick it off with some middleweights. Cody Brundage. And is that is that Michelle? Is that Michelle? Because it's Mikhail Oleksychuk. Is, is it Mikhail Oleksychuk? Nice. Mikhail? I think that sounds good. I actually I've only heard of Cody Brundage. I don't recognize the other guy. I can't even click on it. So they obviously are Yeah. So Oleg whatever. Um well. Mm-hmm. We saw him just recently when he beat good friend of the show, Sam Alvey. That make okay. Yep. Um lost to is it Dustin Jacoby? Is Dustin his first name? Yeah, yes, Dustin yeah. Jacoby. Um, and then beat two guys in front of that Gamzatov, Bukowskis, lost to Jimmy Crute. He's been okay. around a little while. Okay. Oh, he was on uh Steve A. Francis too. Okay. And Blahovich gotcha. Tashera. And Colby Masvidal. All righty, he's been well, for a guy there. that for a guy that rings no bells. He's been on some big cards. <laughs> I don't yeah, know who right? you are, because I don't I don't fights. recall hearing of him either. Interesting. That's funny. I have heard of the two lightweights on the next fight: Drew Dober and Bobby King Green. Hell yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Who do you have in this one? I'll throw that at Ryan first. I got Bobby. Um, I'm do? going with a lo- I'm going with a local guy. Um. I I like the way he fights, honestly, and he's underrated in terms of his defense because he employs something that not a lot of MMA fighters use, which are shoulder rolls. He's really good at shoulder rolling. And mm-hmm. Drew Dober, who, you know, at first glance, you'd be like, oh, that's a grappler. Well, his stats say that he does not take people down, um, mm-hmm. that he's going to keep it on the feet. So if that's the case... Give me Bobby to exchange, start to feel his rhythm, and then start talking to Drew Dober and and just start putting on, putting it on him in the second and third round. I I, mm-hmm. I like Bobby here. I like it. Dober reminds me a lot of Chandler. 
And, you know, because they look similar? They fight. They fight similarly, too. He's less explosive, and he's a little bit more of a counterfighter, Drew Dober is. But I like what you said about Bobby Green there, kind of finding him and, and picking him apart in the last two. Bobby if, gets tired. If Michael Chandler had, like, an A-plus counterpunching game, he would be unbeatable. So. Yeah. <laughs> The, the yeah. universe can't allow something like that to happen. <laughs> no. I, I mean, if I, Michael Chandler could counterpunch like Conor McGregor does, nobody's beating him. Yeah, but he's not going to get beat. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I but I'm, that's not maybe, well, would that make him more or less exciting? Right? I we think like he the would fact be that he's... as exciting. <laughs> yeah. Not more or less. I think it would stay the same. I actually like Drew Dober here. Yeah. He's a be- He's a beast. I, I would never it's hard to doubt him. Who did he beat before Albez? That was uh Terrence McKinney. McKinney. Yep, he weathered the McKinney storm early. They've both lost to Islam. He also lost to Brad Riddell, which has not aged well. Yeah. Um yeah, both a couple of pretty relatively active fighters, too. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen Bobby Green in a little bit, I guess. Well, since February when he lost to Islam. Two, literally two weeks after fighting a full three yeah, rounds right. with Nazareth Hackpress. So, yeah. I mean, that was all just going to be a net positive. Like, yeah, I'll throw my name in there. Yep. Yeah. I think this is a good fight. That's a good fight. That's going to be a back and forth. If that goes to a decision, it'll be very close, I think. Um, Hey. Bruce Leroy is back. Alex Caceres. Oh, man. Julian Arosa. That should be fun. Uh, That'll go to a decision or Alex Caceres will knock him out in the second round. Hell no. Hell no. Alex (laughs) Caceres is not winning this fight. Give me Juicy J. Okay. Okay. Give Give me Juicy J. Okay. Yes, that is his nickname. I'm just not. I'm not just calling him that. <laughs> he loses just because of his nickname. You lose because your name is your nickname is Juicy J. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, Juicy J is a stupid nickname. Uh, that's not great. <laughs> uh, then we move up one into the flyweights, and it's Amir Albazi and Alessandro Costa. Why do we? Why do we? Why do we not know who the, who this is? Who either? And why is this are? the third fight? They're they're six and eight. Is that it? Or it eight says eight and eight. eight. It says eight and eight on the UFC. Gotta love My this way? the UFC uh, website. But like, there's no um, picture. So Amir is eighth. Who is he fighting? Alessandro Costa. Not ranked on the huh. UFC's rankings page. Well then. So that's probably a typo. Yeah. Also, there's no picture of him. (laughs) His country. So are we sure he has UFC (laughs) fights? So Amir Albazi is going to be fighting a ape shadow guy. (laughs) Going to be. Got it. That'll be fun. I'm actually more excited about the lightweight bout right after that. Armin Saryukian. So hang on, Alessandro Costa is not eighth. In that division, he no is this looks this appears to be his octagon debut. Okay, yeah, I got that in the literally featured says, bout, featured spot on the main says card. October seventeenth, 
or December 17th, 2022, he has a sick arm tattoo. <laughs> he must be coming from uh, contendership or belt status in another another organization then. Can we get his sure dog or something? Yeah, you know, Why is, there's I, nothing on this guy. Ta- oh, there's a sure dog. Let's see. I'm totally down for added spice into flyweights. So that's exciting. Lux Fight League. Oh, he's a contender series guy. July of 26th. Um, he beat Chris Tognani by split decision. Doesn't seem like he was given a contract. Hmm. His professional record is 12 and 2. Is this a late stand-in? Was Amir going to fight somebody else that fell he out? He has the same line on his arm that I have on mine. The exact same one. I feel like we missed something. It doesn't matter because this fight's coming. Uh <laughs> Armin Saryukin against the mad twitcher, Demir Ismagulov. I love watching is Demir fight, despite that fucking twitch he has that just makes it look like he has something in his eye the entire fight. He's yes. so awkward. He's so good. He's so good. He's, so, he's good. so good. And here's the thing, like, he's 24 and 1. He's going to, even though arm reach is an inch and a half, like he's three inches taller than Armon. Mm-hmm. So creating leverage for Saryukin, who's he's going to want to take it to the ground. That's what it's going to be hard. going to want to do. That's going to be a much tougher thing. And, you know, this may be recency bias, but him fighting uh, uh, Mateus Gamrat mm-hmm. previously. And we thought that that would be, you know, a lot of grappling. And it was, it was very frantic back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think Demir would be even though he's got the herky jerkies um i think he's going to be turning yourself around (laughs) he does (laughs) he's going to be more composed i think he's going to be able to land on arman i do too and if you open that up and you look at their grappling stats Mm -hmm. you'll see what i'm talking about demir has a 90 percent takedown defense now He's fought 25 times. So that's not just a couple of that's pretty good. That's not yeah. just a couple of times. And, and Armand's strongest suit is going to be what? Trying to take it to the ground. Yeah. Um, not going to work. Couple that with Armand's lower takedown accuracy. Give me Demir in the later rounds. And, and is him maybe able to yep. pour on some gas? You read my mind. Yeah. He's just going to shut him down. It's gonna. He's gonna hit light him with a few combos in the end of, in the third. It, it'll be. It'll. That'll be beautiful. I like it. Then we get the co-main, the last fight of. No, the that year. is the main. Oh yeah, we get the main. That was the co-main. Then we get the main main, which is the main main of 2023. It's the last UFC fight of this calendar year, and it's Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. Who are going to come to fight? And that's at least a nice way to know that the the year's gonna end. These aren't gonna these guys are not standoffish, and they both have every reason to win. And that makes me very excited. Cannoneer's last loss was to the champion Israel, and Sean's last lot was to the champion Alex. Yeah. So this is a great fight. I love it. Um, I think I think that 
Cannoneer is going to get this one done. And I think we're going to actually see another Sean Strickland lockout finish. I think he's going to get hmm. finished. TKO, yeah. KO. Can I can um, I say something? I am fearful that this is going to be a boring ass fight. Yeah. Yeah. Think it'll be like Sean and Hermanson. I'm worried. Like, I'm worried that they're both going to be standing there, wanting to <laughs> have the other person make the first move. Sean Strickland has always been. He comes and he'll plod forward, but he's also uh, he's been inconsistent. But Jerry Cannonier, um, depending on his game plan, he's he's been a a 100 counter striker, and I'm I'm fearful that they're just going to be very cautious. And this is going to be a snoozer. Yeah, I think I think Jared does not like bullies, uh, and I don't think he will. He will react to Sean Strickland's bullshit in the cage. Okay, and how he reacts to that, I think, is how this fight will go. So you think maybe Jared will press the issue because he fucking hates Sean Strickland? Not really in that way. I think I think that could happen during fight. Okay. I think that if 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 what you're happening plays out, which is totally possible, they're kind of you know relentless. Sean is going to be egging him on. Sean yes. is going to be come on, let's go, let's go, let's put on a show. You know he does that with everybody, just like with Jack or Manson. And it's like stop fucking talking. I'm doing work. And if he gets caught in the headlights like Hermanson did, he's going to lose a decision. But Jared, though, if he gets angry. If he gets fired up, he he's either going to get caught or he's going to catch him. So I think this is on Jared reacting to Sean and the mind games. But I, I like Jared in this one. I think Jared will get it done. I think Sean lost something in his momentum against Alex Pajeda. Uh, and we're going to find out if he gets In it. that, he was something of a train that ran into a steel mm-hmm. bar that was not going to move. Yeah, and yeah. I think he had momentum going there uh, with a lot of skill, but mostly momentum getting him there. And and I think that I like Jared here. I just, I do. Have you guys seen the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Yes. Yes. The new one? Yes. Yeah. Well, it, the only one. No, yeah. didn't they do one before? No. Mm-mm. There's sure. like a, there's a Groot thing. There's like a short Groot thing. No, yeah, not there's that. There's a Groot shorts. I thought there was an those are also good. I thought there was another holiday something from them. No. Nah. What'd you think of it? I, I thought it was it. pretty good. Um <laughs> it's, it's a, f- a fun 40 <laughs> minutes. But I think Sean Strickland was the police cars and everything else was Drax. <laughs> where he's he's just like flipping them over it's like all right there there are levels to this i actually could see him winning also good appearance from cosmo in that one yeah. um yeah i also like that he i guess it's he right was russian um because he's supposed <laughs> to be so they use the accent which is good because i mean voiced by a female uh which i, I don't have an issue with um of course, I like it. You know, Russia not not everyone's favorite place right now. Um, they gave, anyway, they gave they gave Cosmo telekinetic powers. That's not. Doesn't that's Cosmo not have telekinetic powers? I don't think so. 
I think he does. Or she what does. You, what, what Let's were you, see. What were you going to say about Sean Strickland, though? Does it matter? <laughs> um, I guess Cosmo the- is a he. Oh, see, this says female, but I, I think it's been both, maybe. Um, which is fine. Um, yeah, telepathic abilities. Collector Hatter, yeah, telepathic abilities. Yeah, possesses powerful mental abilities, including telepathy and telekinesis. You're right. Hmm. One of my favorite things that Marvel does, because really, who cares about Canon Aaron Strickland? Neither of them can win the title. <laughs> is uh, the way they'll just work in something like that, or when uh, what's her name? What's uh, the robot girl, uh, Gamora's sister, Andromeda? No. What's her name? Why is this slipping my head so hard? Nebula. Nebula. Um, uh, played by Karen Gillan. Yes, who is? She's on the list. Definitely on the <laughs> list. Um, the way she gives him, she gives Rocket uh, Winter Soldier's arm. Just little yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I love the way they do that. Anyway, uh, I think that <laughs> Sean Strickland was that car, and Drax just like puts his hands out and flips it over. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not saying Cannoneer is that. I think Pajeda was that. So I don't really care who wins. I could actually see Strickland knocking him out. But I do yeah. kind of think it's a loser leaves town either way. At least in the terms of your title contention for mm-hmm. the next couple of years. You'd, and you'd either have... one of them could go to PFL and dominate their middleweight division. Definitely no an, an arguable. Yeah, like, do they have a middleweight division? That's, yeah, that's, it, more, that's like, a more important question. Isn't it just Shoeface? Like, isn't Antonio Shoeface the only person? I in thought the he way? fought at 205. You're probably right. He probably moved Or up. maybe he could fight at 185, but they don't have a division because it's just him. <laughs> I that, think both of them could work at 205 in PFL. Well, Jerry Cannonier fought at 205 previously yeah. and yeah. at heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, damn. I, I really think, let's see, they they do have a light heavyweight. Hmm. Um, which right now is Robert Wilkinson. Yep. Yep. Um Bobby Wilkes. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think uh Sean Strickland probably just walks right through him. So yeah, even at 205. He it that Sean Strickland has a real, real this is a real contest. This will be a good fight. This yeah. is if, if if unless it turn pans out how it totally could the way Ryan said it. If this was an apex fight, like like which it is, mm-hmm. that'd be a fun fight to go to. I think yeah. we even talked about how this would be kind of one of those ones. Yeah, because it got pushed back, right? Yeah, to be in the room for this would be a good one. That's for sure. Uh, that being said. 2024 is around the corner. We probably have one one or two more episodes. Yeah, that's like further around the corner. The yeah. 2023 is pretty close. Yeah, that's it, 2023. I'm used to our exits, and it's the end of the episode. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but we should put together like some uh, some tops for, for the next uh, show. Like, I don't know, what are your top three subs, your top three KOs, your top three fights, your top three cards, you know? Nothing below above three, though. That's too many. Like I, I also like predicting who each division champ will be at the end of twenty three. 
Yes, I definitely want to do that. So maybe we'll uh, we'll incorporate that. That'll be the PNP picks for the whole year of 2024. <laughs> I wonder because we did that once. I feel like we, we were about half right. Maybe yeah, we have to go through the archives. It feels like looking <laughs> yeah. at it now, we probably got none of them correct. Yeah, <laughs> except for except for Amanda and Valentina. Yeah, but like, and maybe Zhang. We might have had Zhang at strawweight. Yeah, real, gonna, really, really going out on a limb with those three picks, though. I'll really taking some chances. I'm gonna go back and listen to to at least that episode, figure out what they are, but um. Yeah, that's all I had, fellas. I'm gonna rest my back and do that. Because I do you have was... access to a hot tub? No, but I can use a bathtub. Mm. Was it hurt? Was it was it sore last time I talked to you guys? Because last was I it? think that's when it started. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, that's when my back started. Do we uh, make you feel tense? No, it was a laborious day, then sitting a long time and all that. Yeah, I have another another bad bulging disc, herniated disc, bad things. I'll rub bad it things. for you. Bring it over here. Yeah. But, uh, I think I'm on the mend. Hopefully Let me put my I'm hands on, on it. <laughs> back back let, rubs. let me time to eat or, or let me bang or whatever it is <laughs> time to eat that was uh what are what who said that juliana pena yes is that what she said yeah. she did yeah. on the uh on the tough season she was yeah. very creepy in that season and i loved it i i i don't like her <laughs> her her ovaries are too small for me Damn. <laughs> Whoa, that's another episode callback. Love it. Uh, well then. Yeah. Muscle relaxers and resting backs 2024. <laughs> Time to eat 2024. Hey, you know why I love hey. MMA so much? It's pretty neat. That is 100% true, but it's also because it brings us together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Violence really does bring people together.